0: We have to go back. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Flashback Flicks Retro Movie Podcast. I'm Ricky. I'm Grayson. And today we are shifting gears and reviewing the 2002 movie Changing Lanes, not to be confused with the Nathan Lane autobiography of the same title I can only assume it's a great title it's a great great title and uh, and we're reviewing this because there is uh, a movie that has a semi-similar premise uh and what's that movie called I think it's,
1: it's called, called unhinged unhinged yeah. yeah so sometimes sometimes when we plan ahead we like to look mm-hmm. on imdb for what movies have been coming out and um are going to come out uh, there has been a lot of nothing lately, but there was a movie released this week, so yeah. we we based it on Russell Crowe's Unhinged, which is all about road rage, and that's what oh, this is I, all
0: about. I thought it was how you can win a hot dog eating contest by just unhinging. Uh,
1: yeah, detach the mandible yeah. and dip it in milk? Is that what they... Water. Why would you, water. Why would you choose milk? Why would you dip a hot dog yeah. in milk
0: changing lanes was a thriller that came out in uh the early 2000s 2002 uh directed by roger mitchell starring samuel l jackson and ben affleck and tony collette and uh generally was well received And, and until grayson mentioned it to me i was not aware that this movie even existed i hadn't even seen a trailer for this movie uh and if you watch the trailer it it is only slightly deceiving and making you think that you're about to watch like this high octane thriller. Uh, But I I would more so call it a drama than a thriller. Yeah. it's, Um,
1: It's a slower burn than like, if you're, if you're looking for to be thrilled as a thriller would imply you're looking for, you might be disappointed, which got, it got some backlash from audiences being like, Hey, the trailer didn't really share the tone, but I had not, seen this movie in so long I was trying to remember how I even knew about it because nobody talks about this movie Um, and then I remembered oh that's right I saw the trailer um, and in 2002 I would have been what I would have been going into middle school and to (laughs) me for whatever reason this movie when I saw the trailer seemed like the kind of movie adults watch and I thought you know what (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> i'm leaving elementary school i really want to see this movie um seems like a clear-cut premise and yeah. i i remember making my case uh, to my parents when it came out on dvd being like we need to rent this movie and so we did we rented it and ate wow. business while we watched it on our friday night family movie night
0: That's quite the background with this movie. I see now why it stands out so vividly in your brain. The general synopsis of this movie is, uh, the film follows young, successful Wall Street lawyer Ben Affleck, who accidentally crashes his car into a vehicle driven by middle-aged recovering alcoholic insurance salesman Samuel L. Jackson. And after the lawyer leaves the scene of the accident, the two men try to get back at each other, engaging in a variety of immoral and illegal actions that end up having a major impact on each man's life with a budget of 45 million dollars it went on to earn a respectable 95 million dollars uh worldwide i'm understanding uh and it was just i mean it it did well uh but in in critics i mean i think uh on rotten tomatoes it has a 7 out of 10 um like a 77 percent and so I, i i keep on like focusing on the reception of this movie just because like it was a movie that was received well that I just don't remember people really talking about.
1: Tons uh, of stars in it, too. I mean, yeah. you've Samuel L. Jackson and Ben Affleck and Tony Collette, but there's also Amanda Peet and Sidney Pollack. And there's so many people where it's like every scene has an A-lister in it. And uh, this movie should be more popular than it is. So that being said, though, uh, since this is probably not a movie, that you have seen, if you're listening to this, um, spoiler-free. We're going to be spoiler-free on this. Can we agree? Yeah. Is that going to screw you up for future segments?
0: It, it shouldn't. Is this before or after Samuel L. Jackson says, they call me Mr. Glass? Is oh, that before okay. or after?
1: That, that's. Uh, I think we're clear.
0: Okay, good. Good, good, good. Yeah, okay, great.
1: Uh, yeah, so I, I kind of got a lot
0: of um, Taxi Driver. No, it's not Taxi Driver.
1: What's the movie with... Uh, uh, we reviewed it previously. Collateral. It reminded me a lot uh, of Collateral. So not the movie with Jimmy Fallon and Queen Latifah. <laughs> or Robert De Niro.
0: No. Um, neither of them. But I did get a lot of Queen Latifah vibe from Ben uh, Affleck. But that was for different reasons. No, I, I got a lot of Collateral vibe uh, yeah. for this movie. Like a kind of unexpected paths crossing. Cr- crossing. Um <laughs> That's why I call a lot of movies that have that remind me of Bing Crosby music. A lot of crossing, um,
1: oh, paths are gonna cross, ladies and gentlemen. That's my, yes, that's my Bing. <laughs> that's great. Uh, you know when paths cross, it it gets messy. It gets messy,
0: almost as messy as this tall glass of orange juice. Drink it. Florida's best. What are we doing? What podcast? We're is doing it?
1: commercial parodies in the style of uh poorly executed Bing Crosby impressions.
0: Okay, I just want to make sure we are on the same track. Yeah. Uh so this reminded me a lot of collateral, a lot of uh paths being crossed in unexpected ways. And this movie is is so raw and so like real. Like it feels like they are almost two different movies inside the same movie. Uh because yeah. you you have like uh Ben Affleck's character's storyline of like corrupt Wall Street lawyering and then Samuel Jackson just trying to get his family back. It's almost like, like two different people were walking down the street with their respective film scripts, and then we had a Reese's Peanut Butter Cup situation <laughs> to happen and They're like the actual the premise of the movie. Two people got into a car accident. They walked away with each other's papers and they act like I feel like that was actually how this movie was written. Yeah. Two different scripts.
1: Oh, now here's my script for. Oh, no. The pursuit of Wolf of Wall Street's happiness.
0: (laughs) Wow. Yes, that is exactly. I I, For me, I mean, I know I'm jumping segments, but my headcanon is that's how the movie was
1: made. That's how it was made. That's how every movie really gets made. It's just a <laughs> collision of ideas. Uh, yeah, this movie is... Uh, I. It's just a really solid film. Um, and I think that's part of why it was forgotten, unfortunately. Because it's not... There are no further questions. Like, people aren't going to rail against this movie. Um, but it's also slow enough to where it's just really comfortable in how uncomfortable the situation is like you feel really frustrated for samuel l jackson's situation it's maddening and really heartbreaking and so i think that's some i think that's why i haven't re-watched it since i originally saw it because i remember it just being really uh sad and really heavy but really fun to go on that journey as well and as far as writing You cannot get a clearer cut inciting incident in film. Uh, Literally, them crashing into each other uh, to set them on a new course for the day—that's that's that's screenwriting 101. And this film actually does so many great things right in the pacing and the like major moments. That I wish it was used more in in a educational sense because it's an hour and a half, just over an hour and a half, and really hits those beats at a nice uh, pace so that you don't feel like even though the story is slow, the pacing is not slow uh, in the film. If that makes sense, like it's the highs and lows. Um, but yeah, it was it was really uh, I enjoyed rewatching it way more than I thought I would. As far as alterations to the film, I think it's really interesting, too. I was reading about how, uh, you know, since this came out in 2002, uh, this was a year after 9-11. And so right before they released uh, the, the movie, the director made the choice to go in and digitally remove the Twin Towers. And uh, it, they, he got a lot of backlash and uh, people basically were saying, hey, you can't you know, erase history. And so he went in and put the the Twin Towers back in um, in all subsequent releases of the film.
0: Yeah, I saw that because it's, it's interesting, too, because, I mean, this did come out just a year later. And so maybe that was also, I mean, a reason why maybe people didn't hear about the movie a lot just because, you know. What what movies are we really talking about um, During this pandemic that has been released other than Trolls World Tour and
1: unhinged a mandible (laughs) story.
0: (laughs) Uh, But yeah, overall, I mean, the movie was enjoyable to watch and it it kind of gives you a a perspective almost like um, like who's it. it, I've been playing a lot of uh, The Last of Us 2. Um, No, that's that's too spoilery. But in The Last of Us 2, you kind of see how people make decisions from their perspective. But yeah, I, I kind of got that almost uh, vantage point-esque perspective of like, okay, if you were in these people's shoes, like what would you do kind of thing? You know, I, I at first it kind of felt like Ben Affleck was made to be like the hero uh, and uh Samuel L. Jackson was to be the unhinged person, but both of them were really on equal footing. Um, both of them were in the wrong, trying to get back at each other for something that they were ultimately upset about separately. Like they were making each other the victim of their misplaced uh, anger and frustration with their actual current situation. Yeah, it's uh, a real
1: boing flip scenario. Where uh, they both were rubber and glue simultaneously. Ah, uh, yes. Mm-hmm. I've never heard that term. You said boing flip. Yeah, it was from Scrubs. Like a boing flip. Got it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> you just said it so matter-of-factly. I'm like, I'm missing out on something. This yeah, you is don't.
1: A- you don't know uh, Freud's boing flip uh, <laughs> thesis. Uh yeah. No way. I sleep with a copy of it under my pillow every night. I. I- like that aspect of the movie as well—that mutually assured destruction. I think the uh, the force that kind of rages its head uh, very unexpectedly. I think it's like a third of the way through the movie is Sidney Pollack's character playing Ben Affleck's boss slash father-in-law ramps up so quickly. And single-handedly makes this movie jump from a PG, maybe PG-13 for violence and dramatic situations, to a hard R for language. And like, whoa, whoa, yes. whoa. Uh, but Sydney Pollack is so good. Uh, Absolutely. I, I. That's the thing about this movie. And there's so many great performances that uh, they share the time really well. Like I was loving the scenes between Ben Affleck and Tully Collette and anything that Samuel L. Jackson was doing was amazing. uh, Especially his scene with William Hurt. um, And there were just so many moments that you're like, yeah, that's what a really solid film should be. A collection of really great scenes that are thematically tied together um, to take the characters on a journey. And this movie executes on all of that. So yeah. yeah, it was uh, really interesting. I definitely watched it through different eyes this time than I did on Quiznos' night.
0: I mean, when Quiz when Quiznos is
1: involved,
0: ev- my whole perspective changes on everything. So yeah, I can totally see that. Yeah, uh, I
1: did watch it while eating leftover birthday cake, um, so maybe that got the endorphins flowing. I don't I don't know what it was, but I really enjoyed it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. All right, now what we're gonna do is we are going to. Oh, Grayson, you know what? Hmm. I'm sorry, I, I don't mean to interrupt the podcast. I actually just got a, a notification from Lyft. Oh, yeah i uh, i got I got to head on across town. I have a really big meeting to get to.
1: Oh, well, we should have scheduled this session for a different time then.
0: I know, but um, I I have the paper mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that will allow us to file the trademark for headcanon headcanon <laughs> oh no my papers are everywhere oh. uh headcanon is a part of a show where we share a few unique ideas about the movies and untold stories based on the evidence provided by the film uh so my biggest piece of headcanon with this movie uh largely has to do with just the uh it i, I can't even place where this where this idea comes from mm-hmm. but I want to say it's somewhere in the St. else elsewhere a verse of if a celebrity exists in a movie world um yeah. that the celebrity exists and that person just looks like the person It's kind of the explanation of like oh why well, you have like a doppelganger um and like uh, how uh, met your mother kind of thing
1: yeah or like a French Stewart in community <laughs> exactly. Exactly that. Um, So
0: my headcanon is just largely that this takes place in the same world of Daredevil because Mm -hmm. I cannot help but just feel that. I mean, you have all the signs there. You have Ben Affleck. He's angry. He's getting into fights with people Mm -hmm. in the streets. He finds his way To a church service,
1: very Catholic, yeah.
0: And revenge is lawyer in New York, yeah. Lawyer in New York. Oh man, that's even better. That's I should have said. I should have opened my case with that. I want to do the same thing with Samuel L. Jackson, but his IMDb credits are too long for that to even be plausible. Mm, mm. So I'm going to stick there with Ben Affleck and just that. that This whole this whole thing takes place in the early 2000s. Daredevil moveiverse.
1: I like that. Yeah, I buy that. That's. Um, I mean, that's very much in line with what I had too. Yeah, this clearly is Daredevil. He's a lawyer in New York. Goes yep. to a Catholic church when he needs help. Um, I mean, even what Sidney Pollack says to him kind of foreshadows his path when he says, "You got to learn to balance, uh, do more good than harm." Mm. And uh, well, I think the themes are there for me. This is just a a maybe like a what if Marvel amalgamation. Where oh. he is going to be Daredevil, uh, but it's what would happen if Matt Murdock wasn't blind? Um, like, would he be the person that he was? And I think interesting in, like, that would mean that then Samuel L. Jackson is Nick Fury. And so how does that, wow. how does him having a family and everything connect there? Now, I think that this would take place. I know the timeline is wonky here, but I think the events would take place before captain marvel uh because i'd like to think that this was his on-ramp into shield uh, on ramp and so i was on ramp oh, sometimes it just happens um and so there are all of these different it's interesting because you have some of the like fox marvel you have you know, Marvel MCU Marvel. You also have some Sam Raimi Spider-Man in here because Dylan Baker's Finch, smart guy who turned his talents towards evil when he cuts off all of the... the he turns them bankrupt and You're all that. Right. Dr. Kurt Connors wow. in New York. And his fee charged him an arm and a leg. Um <laughs> Or just the arm. I love the idea that William wow. Hurt's character... Um, you know is general ross we know that he's the sponsor of samuel L. jackson's character doyle because william hurt his character is never named it's just doyle's sponsor hmm. um and so i, I that's really a, the deep relationship then that ross and fury have because except you know it's doyle in this case because if General Ross is Nick Fury's sponsor, that's why Nick Fury returns the favor and sends Tony Stark to pull Ross out of the bar in the post in the post-credit scene of The Incredible Hulk, basically what? doing the same thing to him that Hurt was doing to him in this movie. Wow. So, uh, and and I I love that scene between William Hurt and Samuel L. Jackson after. Uh, well, I don't want to spoil too much, it's pretty late, but there's a scene between them when Hurt uh, says to Doyle um, that his drug of choice, he's like, Doyle, your drug of choice isn't booze, it's chaos. And it's this idea that his character is so addicted to the destruction and the anger of it all, or in a word, the fury. And so I think that becomes his identity and he's able to focus that one day at a time and that is the much deeper connection between Nick Fury and General Ross. So once I clicked into that I was like, man, I really loved that relationship. Wow. That is phenomenal. I there is a I'm
0: sure I've mentioned it on the podcast before but there is a a, a mini run series called Powerless uh no relation to the uh NBC uh DC comedy Uh, But it was just an world story of what if all of these characters uh, in the Marvel universe never got their powers uh, and they were just people. And it kind of followed a similar uh, task of like, you know, what defines a hero? Is it the powers or their actions kind of thing? And so Mm -hmm. looking at it through that lens makes this a completely different movie. And it makes it so cool to like this could easily all they need to do is animate this. And I'm assuming coming soon to Disney Plus, this is one of the what ifs that they would uh, show you. Fury's bad day. Fury's bad day. Like,
1: that would be so good. I really, really like that. Some honorable mention, Headcanon, that is severely undercooked and you should send it back because it'll make you sick, is uh, I tried connecting this to Gone Girl, because he keeps talking ah. about Mina Dunn is the person she's like the former friend that got cheated out of the millions. and I was like, Dun, Dunn, Dunn. I, I know I know Ben Affleck has done done another character with the last name. Dunn. And so he played Nick Dunn uh, in Gone Girl and, um, and Rosamund Pike plays Amy Dunn. And so I don't know. maybe they're all in the same family, and it's a brother. It's the brother. That's what it is. Gone Girl's the brother. Those brothers make bad choices. Um, and then my last one, uh, I've been rewatching Community and um, just got to to season two. And in season two, episode one, you know, Troy tweets out everything that Pierce is saying in Old White Man Says. And one of them is, uh, hey, we're just like Batman and Shaft. And I realized this movie is the Batman and Shaft movie. So oh my
0: goodness! <laughs>
1: it happened. So headcanon is, this is Pierce's fan fiction that he funded to be a film.
0: Wow. Man, your headcanon belongs in Hollywood, Grayson. I love every last... He's a shrapnel of canon that this <laughs> has spawned off. Well done, Grayson. Well done. Thank you. All right, now... We're going to take our ideas and have the rubber meet the road or with a segment that we like to call Recast and Remakes. Recast, remake. If this movie were to be made today, who would you cast? What would the storyline be? I really would love to see. Um, I, I, I like this script tonally. If they shifted the genre to make this a comedy, uh, I think that it's, it's really just like, some music cues away and just different storyline focuses on, on being a really solid comedy. Um, I, I would love to see like a, uh, honestly, both of them, I would love to, for them to just reprise their role and just make this a comedy. Uh, but also I would love to see, I mean, and this is, you know, almost exclusively because I uh, have spent my weekend uh, enjoying and crying to uh, Hamilton, um but I would love it if they got uh Limmo Miranda and Leslie Auden Jr. and just have them feuding against each other, uh, but then ultimately coming to a resolution that ends with uh more mutual respect uh than a duel at the end. So uh I I would love to see that. Uh, Also, speaking of Hamilton, this would be a really great musical, I think. Uh, Just uh, a lot of songs come to mind like um, Get Out of My Lane, um, My Heart is a Tire Iron, Get Out of My Lane, um, Mm -hmm. and Those Are My Papers, Get Out of My Lane. I just have a lot of...
1: Out of My Lane, yeah.
0: Ooh, Traffic Jam.
1: Traffic Jam. Oh, The Traffic Jam. That's great. That could be the name of the whole show based on the movie Changing Lanes. Yes. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, with hits like uh, To Get in the HOV, uh, You Need to mm-hmm. Change Your POV. Ooh. Uh, Writing Down bumper Seriously. Bumper. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, <laughs> where is the next great traffic musical? <laughs> the next great traffic musical. It's being written
0: right now, today. Uh, Additionally to that, I I do think that uh, Changing Lanes would be a really fun uh, just Netflix web series where you do follow different people uh, and how their traffic or car interactions kind of create a uh, almost crash
1: style um,
0: universe uh, where you is like each episode is almost um, this uh, standalone and, and you're not following any. One character, but each episode is just like a different interaction. Whether someone cuts someone off in traffic, or mm. um, you just notice how someone else is driving, or you're carpooling, or whatever. Like, I just think that that would be a really interesting, just little anthology series of a bunch of stories that have to do with uh, this changing lane situation.
1: Yeah, I like that. I I think specifically the revenge aspect of that would be pretty compelling. Yeah, because uh, it's all about choices, you know how they choose to react to it. Yeah, for my recasting, I had uh, Robert Downey Jr. and Mahershala Ali. I just oh, think that, that would be oh, wow, so intense, such uh, intensity. Yeah, um, I think they'd be great for this movie. I would be interested in seeing a recut, um, kind of what you're talking about, how it feels like two different movies. I'd love to see a recut. Uh, where you follow Ben Affleck's character for the first half, and then it switches over, and so you're like, man, that, why is this guy doing that? like? Wow. You kind of feel for Ben Affleck's character, yeah. But then halfway through, it flips, and you're like, oh my gosh! Like it turns out that he's, Samuel Jackson has this family, and and that's what he was fighting for, what he had to get to, and so uh, I think it would really. Be an interesting editing experiment, but bring out the themes that are already there about other people's perspective um, and the empathy behind behind that. So, uh, yeah, I just thought I was like, oh, that would be a a really fun editing project.
0: Man, that's really, really good, because I think that that would have changed lanes Minds, Grayson
1: Change oh. my, you change Sorry, was, your lanes. I was testing to the delay on the Zoom call. <laughs> I think we're good. Uh,
0: you change lanes to change your mind. Uh, yes, absolutely. Yeah, because I, I think that that, that would have felt like a different movie. Because yeah. uh, I do think that cutting back and forth, uh, you you were kind of like, oh, I don't know, like who who are we supposed to be rooting for? And, and I think part of the thing is that like you're not really supposed to be rooting for anyone. Uh, I don't think I think you're just supposed to be experiencing what the road rage has escalated to inside of these different people's lives.
1: Yeah. And I think it, it plays that the whole idea exactly what you're saying, uh, where it, it, there's really no hero and villain throughout yep. it. Right. It, it's all of these different, more ambiguous, you know, like shades of justification for their own actions and that's why I, I love Sidney Pollock's performance so much, because he brings that out of being like, yes, I am a philanthropist, but I also got the money to do good things by stealing from other people. Um, and so it's like, do the ends justify the means? And ultimately, he's justifying it to himself. And so, yeah, there, there are no heroes and villains. It's just pretty authentic representations of how people actually go about their lives. And then if you escalate that in this kind of situation, how can it get out of hand in the course of a day? Um, So, yeah, I I think that'd be a really interesting experiment to see.
0: All right. Now we're going to go into our final segment where we like to give you our reasons to recommend. So, Grayson, why would you recommend the movie Changing Lanes?
1: I recommend Changing Lanes because it is a very important reminder that our actions affect other people in a profound and irreversible way a lot of the time. And so um, that's really helpful to know. You you are not the center of the universe. Uh, We are all connected. We're living in a society. And uh, like you said, there are contracts, there are rules. William Hurt talks about the rules of society. And when you break those, uh, it's chaos and I think that's helpful to hear. Not in a, it's not really celebrated in this movie. It's, it feels more like a cautionary tale. Um, I, I mean, starting out, road rage can happen to anybody. You extrapolate that to the nth degree, and, you know, what happens? You, lives can be destroyed. So I thought that was a really interesting rep- representation of this. Um, I also like the, the concept that there are no shortcuts for doing the right thing. Uh, mm. Both characters have really difficult. Uh, tasks ahead of them pretty huge life altering decisions and actions that have to be made and it's when they try to shortcut those that they get into more trouble and i I thought that was a really natural flow of how that continued to build in this movie it has a very uh, phone booth or panic room slow grind type feeling to it so if you like those kind of movies it's definitely worth checking out. To me, this movie feels like that first feeling uh when the roller coaster leaves the platform. Uh, I mean, that's the mm. kind of ride that you're in for with this. It's just like, Oh, what's going to happen. This is like building in a really slow anticipation, but uh, you know that it will have some payoff. And uh, I, I just ultimately for the movie, the performances uh, really hold this movie together. Aside from, um, a well-constructed story. Uh, Samuel L. Jackson's performances in particular, he has so many great monologues in this. Um, it's just that idea that, and in my opinion, he makes every movie he's in better. He, he is just better. So um, the great casting, um, kind of these micro-performances too, that there, there are some really huge actors that only have one or two scenes but they're fantastic. So check out Changing Lanes if you haven't seen it. I uh, wish it hadn't been uh, since the year after it came out, since I had seen it. uh, And uh, I recommend it to anyone that this movie just passed them by and they've never heard about it. So chart a collision course for Changing Lanes. There, I did it. (laughs) You did it.
0: Yeah, I I would totally recommend Changing Lanes, especially for... A movie that is all about perspective uh it's a really Mm. interesting um kind of movie that uh kind of gives you uh a little bit more altitude in uh these kind of common everyday occurrences uh of just like how uh you know we we can relate to being in road rage or having people cut you off and just thinking the worst of that person and you don't know what's going on in their life or what they're going off to. And so uh, it's really interesting. I think it just uh, it's a really interesting movie just about the human condition uh, and uh, just how, you know, if we do follow like our road rage instincts, just like how it can only be get more like outdoing of one another when ultimately they're both just human beings just trying to do their best and do what's right in their own respective life. Um and stakes, but and and though their stakes are different, they're very real to these characters, and and it's a really good movie. And you know, if you haven't watched it, go ahead and order yourself some Quiznos. Uh, I heard they do delivery, and based off of Grayson's experience alone, I think that that is worth watching it
1: in that environment. It's just it's too easy to spiral out from road rage and become uh, unhinged oh, oh oh you know what? i see maybe but- it's not <laughs> about hot dogs it's about Quiznos, not a sponsor <laughs> basically you know I, i'm surprised this hasn't come up uh in the all the years that we've been doing this show your ymca film collection is basically my Quiznos night collection i got a bunch of those <laughs> Excellent. We'll start the Criterion Collection now. <laughs> Christos presents Flashback Flicks. Uh, and
0: that is our review of the 2002 movie Changing Lanes. Let us know what you remember about Changing Lanes on our social media, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We are at Flashback Flicks, and it would mean a lot to us if you could leave us a reading a review on your podcasting platform, a choice on a scale of one to five uh, folders with very important documents.
1: Oh, nice. Yeah, that's good. I was thinking lanes because then you have more room to change. Oh, yeah. It's a five-lane road. Five-lane road. You're good. Yeah. What Go about yeah. Your, your business? Yeah. I Don't like it. Don't grow as a person. <laughs> <Just>. <laughs> no conflict needed.
0: No, you just get to stay in your lane and then mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, so yeah, on a scale of one to five lanes.
1: Uh, How would you relate this? Five lanes.
0: that's, That's the best
1: lane. Five lanes. Nathan Lane. Diane Lane. You have a lot of options.
0: And be sure to tune in next time right here on the Flashback Flicks Retro Movie Podcast. Until then, remember to be kind and rewind.
1: Next time on the Flashback Flicks Retro Movie Podcast. So temperatures are rising, and
0: so we decided that uh, we wanted to cool things off with a little bit of Christmas in July. Oh. So we're going to take a look at the 1998 movie starring the '90s heartthrob Jonathan Taylor Thomas with "I'll Be Home for Christmas." Oh, JTT is my BFF, and and I should say the tagline for this movie is "This Yule,
1: be cool." You know what, Ricky? I will be cool. <laughs>